They started with the babies, said Odell Rhodes to Charles Krause of the New York Times. It just got all out of order. Babies were screaming, children were screaming, and there was mass confusion. Krause flew from New York all the way to Guyana, Africa, to cover a tragic story which had just taken place three days prior to his speaking with Odell, the only known survivor at that time who had witnessed the now infamous Jonestown Massacre. I won't go into all the ghastly details of that story. Most of you remember enough about it anyways. For those of you who don't know about it, you should look it up and learn about it. It's a classic modern-day example of a false prophet and the danger he can do. You can make yourself more aware of that kind of danger if you read about it. Of course, there's no danger of anything like Jonestown happening in the Lutheran church now, is there? No. Your ministers are not half-baked, snake-charming con artists like Jim Jones. And we're not as half-baked as the other false prophets of our time, dead and living, including David Koresh, Marshall Applewhite, and Teal Swan. No, you're safe in this church. Although I would mention my colleagues and I do have something in common with the false prophets, and that is we want you to listen to us. Yeah, we want you to listen to us. Every pastor cares for the soul of, of, of his people. You know, we don't want you to fall away and be lost because of some other teacher. You know, it's, a, it's kind of a weird insecurity that comes with this job. But it's also because we care, too. We also can't control what you, who you're listening to outside of the church. All we can do is encourage you to discern what you're putting into your minds from your favorite radio, TV, or YouTube personalities, and so on. Us pastors, us pastors know we got the right message. (laughs) You know, we have the Word of God to give, right? So a sermon on today's reading from Jeremiah can often come off as sounding like a message of warning. You know, be wary of all the the false prophets out there who speak visions made up in their own minds. And rightly so, because not much has changed in this area of life since the time of Jeremiah almost 3,000 years ago. He was up against many false prophets in the midst of Israel. Their word was peace when there was no peace, or at a time when there was no peace with God. Israelites were worshiping Baal, or Baal, as he was called, and uh, they had a problem. And in the middle of this conflict comes the storm from God. That was in your reading today from Jeremiah, this little sort of poem in the middle of the, of the text. It's kind of a, it's a storm from God. He says, Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has completed all that his heart intends. That kind of talk really stops you in your tracks. No wonder we don't like to read the Old Testament. God sounds so angry in it most of the time. We pray he's not angry with us. 
We don't want destruction. But notice God will later ask in that text for today, am I a God nearby and not one far off? You know, it's like, it's like him asking, hey, you know, am I here or not? <laughs> we know the truth is he's both nearby and far off. He's present with us and also transcendent. You know, we can't see him as he sits on the throne and we can't reach out and touch him either. Yet at the same time, we see him in the means of grace. We see him at work in baptism and, and he touches us through the bread and wine in the supper. So he is saying here, hey, I am with you. I am here. Funny thing is, we want God nearby when he's far off. And we want God far off when he's nearby. This is why we never fail to listen to prophets who fill our ears with dreams of their own making and lies. False prophets prey upon what we hope God doesn't see, while true prophets see reality for what it truly is. And when I said earlier that this kind of thing can't happen in the church, I wasn't half-baked, I was half-joking. There are false teachers in the Christian church. There have been from the start. It's even in the New Testament. The first one is the obvious one, the heretic. Now, Peter warned about this kind of uh, false prophet. They're the dangerous kind with their false teachings that can lead others astray from the saving gospel of Jesus with lies such as, well, everyone is saved, there's no sin, no one is condemned, and there will be no judgment. It's a lie. Yet, there are some out there that are prophesying that. Then there's the charlatan, the one who claims to be in the know and can say with certainty the time that Jesus will return and other events that will happen apart from what we already have in Scripture. Then there are the prophets who are spinning a new kind of, a new blend of Christianity with popular philosophy. I would encourage you to take a look at the Episcopal Church in this country. Now, look, I, you know me. I don't normally rag on other denominations. But from what I've been reading of late, man, that church body has some problems. They seem to be in danger of following someone else, and it ain't Jesus. They have a different teacher somewhere in their midst, and it doesn't look like him. I don't know. You investigate, and you let me know. I could be wrong. But in many, in many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Moses, Micah, Daniel, Amos, and so on. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. The prophet who was God himself has come and he too has had to contend with deceit, oppression, and lies, even from those who claim to know his father. There's no question that Jesus, in his role as prophet, identified himself with Jeremiah. You heard it in the gospel reading from Luke where Jesus says, I came to bring fire on the earth and now I wish it were, how I wish it were already kindled. What does he want the world to burn? The storm of God spoken about in Jeremiah will happen 
on Calvary, where Christ himself will be the lightning rod of God's wrath. God will strike his son down with all the sin of the world, all your sin, all my sin, and demand blood as payment for it. Look, I hope I die a peaceful death in bed while I'm asleep. But if my blood is shed at my death, it won't be for the payment of my sin. Jesus has already paid that for me and for you too. Now there's a calm after the storm of God. Can you hear it? Can you see it? The stillness of the morning after the storm where we find Jesus' tomb empty. Then a little while later, he himself stands among us saying, Peace be with you. Peace because your sin is forgiven. You have a way to heaven and eternal life. You're an heir to the kingdom of God and all that's in it. And the sting of death is taken away. Those are but a few of the things Jesus promises through his prophetic word, meaning they have happened and they will happen the way he says they will. He gives us the word and the power through the Holy Spirit and makes us all true prophets when we tell others what he says and what will happen the way he says it will. Discerning true prophets from the false ones, it's an ongoing challenge and we're just going to have to deal with it until Jesus returns. But for you and me, Christian, The sign of the true prophet is is always one and the same, faith. The writer of the Hebrews says, By faith, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we run with perseverance and we look to Jesus, the one who writes faith on our hearts and perfects it. Amen.